Hey listeners, welcome back to yet another blazing fast episode of What the Puff podcast. This is your host Mrinal and your co-host Nidesh. Hey listeners, welcome back to the What the Puff podcast. Nidesh, what's the topic for today? Today we are going to discuss some best practices that we can follow in performance testing. Great. Let's see what's in the news this week. We have three news items this week. In the first item, uh, Cloudflare is delivering HTTP2 upload speed improvements. So since the lockdown has happened and work from home requirements have increased, upload speed requirements have also increased as people are now working from home. So in tests, what Cloudflare had noticed that upload speeds over HTTP2 were almost half than the HTTP 1.1. And this was because receive buffer size in HTTP 2 is too tight. Its optimal value is around 512 KB that was found in another set of tests. They also auto-tuned the receive buffer size and it gave best results in upload speed with 512 KB. So HTTP 2 upload buffer auto-tuning is now fully deployed in the Cloudflare Edge. So this is available to all Cloudflare customers going forward, right? Yes, we should have also released a patch for uh, normal customers as well. Okay, so we should do a episode on uh, performance improvements in HTTP 2 versus HTTP 1.1. It's a really good topic. We should do it. Definitely. Yeah. So I have the second piece of news today. Uh, It is about Microsoft Azure. So they're bringing AI supercomputing to all their customers. Generally, AI and ML workloads require heavy compute power and bandwidth. For example, uh, you must have heard about OpenAI's GPT-3 natural language processing library. It used some 175 billion parameters for training the model. So because of this high scale of compute power required in these workloads, the infra used is called as AI supercomputing. Microsoft Azure has now made available this AI supercomputing on its cloud platform for its customers. In a blog post, they announced that the new NDA100 V4 VM series, their most powerful and massively scalable AI VM, available on demand from 8 to 1000 of thousands of interconnected NVIDIA GPUs across hundreds of VMs. So the blog says most customers will see an immediate boost of 2x to 3x compute performance over the previous generation of similar systems. If you are resto- if you are interested uh, to learn more about this, you can visit our uh, description, this episode's description, where you will find the link to this blog. So the customers can now develop their products which can utilize this feature. Yes, exactly. I think uh, this particular capability was not available in other cloud providers uh, maybe azure is the first one to bring this we'll have to read about it a little bit right so in the third news there are a lot of conferences happening this week and uh, next month also so there are two interesting conferences that we could find one is a popular chaos testing tool vendor Gremlin is hosting chaos conference in October 
and before that cloudbees which is a ci cd solutions provider is hosting devops world virtual conference in september so mm -hmm. in the cloudbees conference there will be keynote address on devops and the future of software delivery whereas in the chaos conference there will be talks from industry thought leaders there will be also hands on workshop and uh, chaos engineering and site reliability we can you can attend these uh, to gain understanding on where the software industry is headed as a whole the reg registration links you can find in the description of this podcast yeah i've heard about uh, gremlin it's a, a chaos testing tool i think it's built on top of uh, netflix chaos monkey uh, mm. we should try it out sometime nitish okay so that concludes our news section yeah thank you for the news items nitish Nitesh, let's get started with today's topic. So first, let's think about what are best practices in general. Sure, Minal. So, best practices are steps that we can follow in any task to ensure accurate, efficient, and repeatable results. Yeah. So, with that context set, let's look at some areas in performance uh, where we can follow some best practices. The first one that I can think of is. monitoring the health of your load generators and the test tool itself this is especially if you are running your tests using jmeter right? Uh, right i think load runner provides these kind of monitoring out of the box right but uh, if you are using any open source you have to set up these kind of monitoring on your own right we can definitely use uh, some tools like uh, vm stat also right yeah and uh, we can have nice looking dashboards built nice looking dashboards using grafana correct there are multiple plugins where which you can use and uh, monitor the health of the test tool itself or the machine health where the test tool is running yeah it comes of a great help that when you are monitoring the test and finding some issue there so you should first check whether your test tool itself is not giving the problem exactly so to add to that second best practice could be that monitor all possible infra components of your application it really helps in drilling down the bottleneck or the root cause when you encounter issues okay moving on to the third one write down notes when your test is running about what you see happening during the test so this will help you when you actually start analyzing your test results after the test most of the times it so happens that uh, you had thought of something when the test is running and because you have to send out a report soon after the test is executed or you have to start analyzing the results you tend to forget that you had observed something during the test and you know you forget to put it in your observations so it's a it's a good practice that you write down your notes make a notes of your observations while the test is running right munal it comes of a great help while analyzing the test result and the different charts or different graphs you see yeah exactly so next we should talk on storing your raw results somewhere safe like in load run road runner we generally see the raw results as .lrr files so if you are working on the results file you should always keep the original file as safe because it could corrupt your current file 
so that should not happen otherwise you will lose and you will not know what when you will need them and you never have time to run the same test again right nitesh <laughs> right definitely and also your factors change if you try to run that same test again exactly you won't get the same uh, result file back right okay the fifth one the fifth best practice uh, is decide your test duration based on caching in your application it is usual that your application will have some sort of uh, caching layer so and it will have its own duration of caching so if your testing duration is within that caching duration you will end up hitting cached data and you will get the response from the caching layer so to avoid this you should be aware of what are all the caching layers in your application and you should have a test duration which is greater than that of the caching duration right so this gives you a realistic scenario of testing right so moving on i'll like to add to that in the script section that you should definitely randomize your test data you should not reuse your test data in uh, subsequent iterations of your test scripts exactly it definitely comes handy when you are checking the caching mechanism also as munal earlier said you should be aware of any caching layers in the architecture so if you are sending the same data it will definitely hit that caching mechanism and you will not get the real time results because users are not doing uh, the same transaction or the same data again and again all the users are having different data unique data so you should always think about that and you should practice that in your script yeah one good example would be uh, if you are testing an e-commerce application adding the same product to the cart may not give you a realistic uh, response time right exactly it may get cached somewhere uh, your cart object may get cached somewhere and you uh, you are getting the same data back from the caching layer so it's best to have a random set of test data uh, so that you don't end up reusing the same data right so the next best practice is um, follow good naming conventions in your test scripts this is to ensure you have readable test scripts and it will also facilitate good automation so i have seen in my previous engagements that uh, if the if there is a team of let's say five people and each one of them follows their own naming conventions it becomes really hard to automate the entire uh, you know test execution process this is especially when i mean i am talking about automating because uh, most of the companies now use open source tools you have to build around the tools for automation and in these cases if you are not following good naming conventions you are bound to end up you know <laughs> uh you it is very difficult to uh, automate stuff right so, automation requires uh, some convention definitely yes yes exactly so uh, maybe create a uh, best practices document within your team or uh, naming convention rules within your team and have your team follow it this right. is this will greatly help you to automate and it will generally reduce your you uh, know it will free up your mind to think about other important things basically right right so right so to quote an example we used a small bash script to generate file names of the scripts and result files also we used the same script 
to add the parameters name also so it helped a lot while uh, automate automating that yeah stuff. that is even better creating names from scripts it'll actually you know uh, you it'll remove out all the errors that you might end up making if you were manually adding those names right exactly. that is even better yeah so we would use uh, sometimes we would use date parameter sometimes we would just uh, normal uh, 1 2 3 4 5 6 parameters hmm yeah that's a great one so the next best practice that uh, everyone should follow is you should write good comments before you custom code in your scripts it facilitates easy readability and uh, the other person or the some other user who is using your scripts get the idea what you have written or what you have changed in the script yeah exactly otherwise you'll have a hard time figuring out what that variable is doing and right. again the uh, concept of you know or the best practice of having good naming uh, naming conventions applies here as well because you have to uh, choose good understandable uh, names for your variables within your right. code right right okay so moving on uh this one is a dead giveaway i mean it's very obvious you have to correlate all your dynamic values uh right. many times i have seen that if a particular dynamic value is hard to find people just leave it out hard coded and that results uh, in you know creating lot of errors while the test is running and that may lead you to a wrong direction because you will think the error happened because of some problem in the application but actually it's your script that is creating the error exactly so always 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 create good or, or uh, correlate all possible dynamic values um, talk to your developers understand which uh, if you if you can't make out from your recordings record a second time or reach out to your developers via which values can change over time and then try to correlate them right so a good performance tester and an engineer exactly knows that where could the dynamic value uh, appear exactly but so in the scripts sometimes you even if you run it twice or thrice it gives the same value so you might think it's a normal parameterization whereas it could be a correlation issue so you should the, the if uh, with the experience you get the idea that which value could be a parameter and which value could be a correlation exactly one uh, one or two easy ways to find out which value could be a, a dynamic value is one is just record it twice it it will definitely i mean if it's a dynamic value it will definitely change in the second recording the uh, the second point is as you mentioned nitesh run the script after you Uh, record your script you have done all the changes you think you have correlated everything correlated everything run the same script for two or three iterations if that if some value is dynamic it will definitely fail and you will get it get to know then and there right so, yeah. so the earlier we talk uh, we talked about a point while randomizing test data this comes in handy here so exactly. if you use one test data it will give you different dynamic value than the uh, other uh, test data yes yes so it gets exactly. easy to spot which one is it yeah so next best approach is use think times in your script because real time user doesn't just 
keeps on clicking a real time user <laughs> goes to a page thinks about it reads it or whatever transaction they want to do they do it and then move on to the next page or move on to the next click so exactly. you should implement that in your scripts if you are not doing that you would be reaching your maximum throughput with very less number of users which won't give you the real data like if let's say 100 users could use your application whereas in the test you would do that you would achieve that throughput with five or six users so that's not a correct number if you report that the developer or the management would think that our application is so bad that it can't even get five six users online at the same time whereas the truth is far from that yes so unless you're trying to simulate a ddos attack you should use think times right nitesh <laughs> right okay um the 11th uh, best practice is modularize your scripts so this will help you uh, maintain your scripts very well uh, almost every tool every performance test tool uh, offers this uh, capability so i can recall it's called actions in load runner and in jmrt it's called uh, test fragments and uh, so so as far as i can remember it's called uh, nested clips and child clips so what this helps you in is uh, i mean whenever there is a update in your application not every part of your script script will change so it, the changes will be localized to certain api calls or certain portions of your script so if you can modularize your scripts you can change only the part that has some change in the application right so right. when you modularize you can uh, avoid touching your script entirely and that in that in turn uh, will help you maintain your script so you can be sure that if at all the script fails at some point it is at the point where you change change something not the uh, rest of the script so it is it is a really good practice to keep your scripts modularized yeah this basically is uh, analogous to functions in the code you exactly. can't write same thing again and again right you always write that in a function and call that function whenever you want to execute something related to that so same yeah. thing is implemented here using the terms modularization yes so the next best practice is you should always automate your test runs using jenkins or some automation tools it will save you a lot of time that you have spent doing all pre test steps like logging into a vm starting the test tool etc yeah especially when you don't have a ui to run your test uh, i mean there is a lot of especially now people are heavily relying on open source tools they don't right. have all the parts uh, built into it you have to build around the test tool so jenkins is a good automation platform to use with such open source tools to right. run your tests so <clears throat> the next one i would like to talk about is uh, while you are running your test don't allow any changes on the application or on the infrastructure side unless you are testing specifically for that change what i mean by that is so let's say you have planned a test your test is your the goal of your test is to observe the uh, application under test under a steady load so in this case you don't want to introduce changes into the application or infrastructure the other case would be you want to test how your application behaves when there is load on it 
and there is a deployment or a service uh, a code on one particular service gets updated so unless you are testing for the second case don't introduce any changes inform everyone in the team infra, uh, send an email out to your infrastructure teams your application teams if you are sharing your uh, environment with them just tell them we are running a load test don't introduce changes into the environment so the next best practice we should follow is if time permits uh, run the same test a second time to ensure repeatability and consistency your test result should be consistent when you keep uh, all the variables same if they are not same then some other event would have affected your test results yes uh, this is uh, quite uh, similar to the previous one so i mean you should always have you should be able to prove to whoever is expecting results from you that your test is repeatable you are giving them uh, results that are consistent right yeah so the last uh, best practice that we want to discuss or we want to talk about today is don't focus only on one measurement for example don't focus just on average response time you have to look holistically at all other metrics in fact it is better to know what metrics you want to measure before your test starts that right. way after you uh, your test is over you can take a look on all of these then overlay few metrics uh, one upon the other compare metrics check if one metric is going down while another one is increasing you can do all sorts of you know uh, combinations and then try to analyze do right. it although the point, although they are although they are related but uh, you still should keep uh, track of all of them yes exactly don't focus just on any one measurement but like somebody might tell you uh, i i just want the uh, response time and i just care about the response time they might be expecting that but in order for you to add value to your test just keep an eye on all of the uh, metrics so that brings us to the last section of the episode which is what the crash in this week's what the crash i have four items so uganda's uh, ministry of health website crashed after citizens tried to download the new covid-19 guidelines uh, from what i can see it was just pdf uh, files having the guidelines right what they could have done to avoid the you know website going down is put all those files they are all just static files right you don't need to process yeah, some yeah. request or anything you could have just kept those on uh, they could have just kept the files on either a cdn or posted them on s3 and provided a link on the website yeah think, exactly yeah this could have been easily avoided avoided so second news is regarding new zealand stock exchange website that crashed for a third day in a row it yeah. happened because of a ddos attack generally ddos attacks are avoided by following that from which ip the traffic is coming and if the request and the size of the request is same for few number of requests then ips of that set of ip could be blocked by the website so the third item is from a us school set of schools miami dade charter schools website crashed on the first day when 
275,000 students and nearly 20,000 teachers tried to start the day or in virtual classrooms amid the coronavirus pandemic. Wow. Just, I mean, the crash news due to uh, COVID keep coming, coming. Right. I don't know when it, it's going to end. <laughs> <laughs> so till now, there has been no solution that could be found. So the last news item is regarding a recent outage that was witnessed in uh, Cloudflare and some other website. So CenturyLink, uh, that is an internet service provider, was down last week. And Cloudflare is availing its services, um, basically the internet services, and resulting in outage in Cloudflare also. Since Cloudflare is being used by many websites, they also were, were crashed. Yeah, you know, one uh, fun fact about this, Nitish, uh, last week, there was an online uh, chess Olympiad happening between India and Russia. Right. When this uh, Cloudflare issue happened, uh, both India and Russia were declared as winners. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because okay. they couldn't found the, find the result uh, online. Yeah. So that concludes our uh, What the Crash news section this week. Okay. Thank you listeners for tuning in. You can share your feedback with us on Twitter at whatthepuff. You can also email us at whatthepuff at gmail.com. You can send in your suggestions for future episodes also on this email ID. If you find this podcast interesting, share it with your friends and colleagues because whenever someone shares this podcast, somewhere far away, a perf engineer gets a monitoring tool in performance environment. So see you in the next one. Bye.